Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. I'm your host, Gene Marks. I'm a certified public accountant and regular business columnist for a bunch of publications, including Forbes and Entrepreneur. But more importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company. I've teamed up with Paychecks, the leading provider of human resources, payroll, benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life advice from real-life business owners and industry experts. So in this podcast, we'll talk about the complexities of running a small business and how these real-life people are handling the challenges that they face. Today, my special guest is Angie Hicks, who is the founder of Angie's List. Angie's List is an American home services website founded in 1995. It's an online directory that allows users to read and publish crowdsourced reviews of local businesses and contractors. Angie, thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. So you founded the business back in 1995. How did that happen? Sure. Uh, I started Angie's List right out of college. I had uh, interned uh, with my co-founder, actually, at a venture capital firm while I was in school. And he was, uh, he had renovated a house uh, in Indianapolis using a service called Unified Neighbors and had a lot of luck, which was basically a crowdsource, like who's the best plumber or electrician in town. Uh, and he just thought that was the way homeownership was really supposed to be. And then he moved to Ohio and bought a fixer upper because he loves old houses and realized that there was nothing like Unified Neighbors anywhere else in the country. And, you know, unfortunately had some bad experiences hiring pros on his own. And so when I was getting ready to graduate, he said, hey, let's start our own version of Unified Neighbors over here in Ohio. Uh, so I packed up my worldly possessions, moved to Ohio and uh, and started what would be what would become Angie's List. And, you know, to give you a sense, this was 1995, pre-internet days. We were a call-in service and a newsletter, <laughs> uh, you know, but we knew there was value in having good content around the people that we use to hire to take care of our homes. You know, for most of us, our homes are our biggest asset. Sure. Uh, I like to call these uh, services high cost of failure. You know, not only do they cost a, a decent amount of money when you hire someone to work around your house, but they also are protecting that asset and you don't want those jobs to go wrong. So how do you make sure you're getting the best pro uh, to take care of your home? Uh, so we start collecting reviews and we, copied it off of, you know, journalists, to be quite honest. And, I, and it's an interesting thing, because a lot of times people will ask me, like, why do you not allow anonymous reviews? And I was like, because we didn't think in, there was any other option in pre-internet days. <laughs> you always have, you always have a source for your uh, information. And, you know, it really created a differentiator and an accountability to the site that led it to be the trusted source that it is, because people know that they're getting quality information. So how big is the site now? You know, we help millions of consumers uh, find pros across the country. So we're, uh, we're all across the U.S. To give you some perspective, uh, in the early days, we were opening like one office a year. We thought that rating local pros required you to be local. So we opened offices in every city. Right. And we realized that we couldn't scale a website or do anything like that without consolidating. So um, so we did that and we were marketing, we were local marketers when we first opened. So you would hear us on your local NPR station or saw our ad in the daily newspaper. But then when we got to about, I'm trying to think like 20 markets, we realized we had enough of the big markets in, in our pool that we were buying advertising for that we could start to afford national advertising. And when we could, 
that really turned the business. Uh, it, it really allowed us to scale because marketing was really our biggest cost to opening a market. So we went from those 20 markets to 100 markets in about 18 months. Hmm. And what about now, as far as the size of the company? Uh, like how many people do you have employed? Um, about what size are you? Yeah. So, uh, so now Angie's List is a part of a of Angie Home Services, which mm-hmm. also owns uh, other brands like Home Advisor and Handy. Um, we've got uh, we've got about thirty five hundred employees uh, across the country, uh, multiple brands, uh, and uh, have offices in uh, I think like six or seven different cities across the country. So during all of this time that you were growing the business, I mean, you're no longer a small business. 3,500 employees means you cannot really apply for a paycheck protection program. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So, uh, you know, how, how did you balance that, Angie, with your personal life and your own just keeping your sanity over the yeah. past 20 years as you built this business? Sure. So, you know, I think one of the things I think is, uh, you know, I had the good, I, I had the opportunity and, you know, it's not that I chose it, but I started the business when I was 22 and single yeah. and, you know, kind of like I could be all in on starting the business. And because people will ask me from time to time, like, would you start another business? And, you know, my, my instant uh, reaction is no. I mean, right. you know, I've got a family, I've got three kids, you know, it's just like, I know how much hard work is involved and, you know, and, and it's hard to do if you've got, uh, you've got more responsibilities. I think, I think you have to constantly make choices. I think, you know, I've, I've been known to say that there is no such thing as work-life balance. There's work-life choices, right? Uh, you know, no one's going to come to you at work and say, Hey Jean, uh, aren't you supposed to be at your son's soccer game right now? Right. No matter how great your boss is, right? Like right. <laughs> You've um, got to make those choices. Right. Right. And, and on the flip side, like, I, I always made sure that I was home for dinner at six o'clock every night to have dinner with the family. Didn't mean we were having good food or that I cooked it. I mean, it might have been carry out on the way home or, you know, like my kids like to say, we eat a lot of crock pot food in my house right. <laughs> because I put it on in the morning. But, you know, the point being is like, it was my decision. If I wasn't traveling, we were going to all have dinner together. And mm. so you've got to make those choices. It didn't mean there weren't things that I didn't need to get back to later in the evening. But that time was their time. You built this company from nothing to a large company during, you know, over 20 years of time, you know, as a, as a woman and as a woman owned business, you know, what challenges did you have as a female that you, you know, that, that you think were, are unique to women as they try to build businesses into big businesses and big brands? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I, I get this question uh, relatively sure often. And I think, you know, for me, I actually got more challenges based on age than I did on gender in the early years uh, right. because I was 22 and I was, you know, I, you know, let's be honest, I didn't know a lot about home improvement. <laughs> so whether it was, so whether it was, I was trying to sell an advertising contract to a, uh, to a contractor or, uh, you know, it was it was a challenge of being taken seriously, and I more often likened it to being a. So let me interrupt gender. you there. Let me interrupt you there. So putting even aside the the gender issue, there there are a lot of smart kids in their twenties, mm-hmm. you know, that are, um, you know, they're they're still not grown ups. They're young adults, but right. they, they they start up companies, and very very few manage to grow it to a certain level. Right. So you just said, I mean, you weren't taken seriously because you were a kid, you're 22 years old. How did you 
deal with that? Like, what advice yeah. would you have for people that age to, yeah. to overcome that challenge? I think part of it is like, you know, making sure you prepare more than you would, you know, your counterpart might, you know, so make sure you're going to know the answer. So even if someone walks into the situation and judges like, mm, she doesn't know what she's talking about, have your facts, be mm. smart and be able to answer and have the comebacks for the questions that they have. Because I've always been a firm believer and I got, it doesn't matter what people perceive as me when they first see me. What matters is whether I can handle what they throw my way. And so it, it's an element of kind of like knowing, like, I, I don't need to tell you that I'm smart. I just need to prove it when given the chance. How well did you know business back then? Like, I didn't. You I didn't. What, did you have any, what about like any background in accounting? Did you have any financial knowledge? I was, I was an economics major and a, at a liberal arts school. So, uh, that's kind of useless. So was I, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that does not do anything to help you. I'm a good thinker, right? I'm a right. good thinker, you know, and I did not I mean, you know, I grew up in a family where I was the first in my immediate family to go to college. My dad was a UPS driver. My mom was a bank teller. I did not grow up around business. Hmm. Um, so, you, so know, you so had to have learned from to, somebody though. Yeah. So I had to, you know, part of it was, you know, I, I believed in kind of working really hard and doing what, and kind of figuring things out. I mean, it was probably, I mean, I, you know, up until probably even 20 years into the business, I had a hard time envisioning that I was an entrepreneur. I did not think I had the traits of an entrepreneur. I'm not a big risk taker. I'm not a big idea person. I would just be like, no, I was, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a good executor. You know, right. Right. <laughs> um, but what I, you know, but what oftentimes people forget is that um, one of the, what, a very important trait of being an entrepreneur is perseverance. And, and that was something that I had. It was something that I grew up with. It was something I learned from watching my parents. And it was just an element of just never being willing to give up. And I think that's oftentimes, you know, like, you know, there are some, you know, for those of you, I mean, that are starting businesses right now, that are in the midst of it. There are some very lonely, hard times. And it's there. And I do not fault anyone who says, you know what, I'm not going to get through this because it is miserable. Having a really good support network when you're right. starting a business is so incredibly important because there are going to be days when you need someone to tell you, you can do this. Making one sale was good enough today, you know, <laughs> to help keep it in perspective. Because, you yeah. know, that's that's usually what it is. It's not about like, how do I grow to a million dollars in revenue? It's like, how do I sell one customer? Right. And how do I get out of bed in the morning right. after it failed, you know, failing? After I sold zero yesterday. Right. I got it. Angie, to, to grow the company the way you did and as, as relatively quickly as you did, you had to have gotten capital and financing, right? Mm -hmm. About how old were you when you did get your first, first of all, what kind of financing was it? Was it a loan? Was it, did you have family money? Did you have investors? And, yeah. and then the second part to that question is how, as a young woman, <laughs> did you convince people to give you money to yeah, fund the sure. business? Sure. So in the, at the very beginning, so, you know, Bill, my co-founder was not working at the business. He was still at his venture capital firm. So basically he agreed to, to help raise money for the business. And so he went to, you know, friends of his from business school, et cetera. We raised about $50,000 to start the business. And we figured we could run it for a year with that. And I remember going to one of his friends who was going to give us money. He was giving us $10,000. And 
And, uh, and Bill was like, you know, look, like, you know, this is very risky. I mean, it's a startup. We have no proof of, you know, we know we can, we know what the business can be, but we don't, you know, we don't have our first customer. So mm-hmm. you should really view this money as gone. And he kind of looked at Bill after he'd met me and he's like, I already have. <laughs> You know, and to this day, I'm like I'm confidence. Like, I know exactly. I'm like, you know, and I, I remember shortly after we IPO'd, and uh, and Henry ended up, you know, obviously he had an opportunity to get his money back, and it was just like, okay, Henry, I will always remember that conversation. You know, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a sombering moment, and reminded me that like, hey, this is people's money. This, you know, it's serious, and I got to go prove out how I'm going to do this. But what is it? What is it? Do you think that they saw in you or in the business that? you know, that they, they took yeah. a shot with you. I mean, 50,000 is still a lot of money. Right. Absolutely. I mean, so I think, you know, one, I mean, you know, better for Bill to say it than I, I mean, he was the one that picked, uh, you know, asked me to do this. And for him, I was his intern that he would give anything to, and I just would go figure out how to do it. He'd, and right. I think it became a game for him. He'd go give me harder things, make right. me go figure out how to do it. Um, <laughs> And, you know, and I think for, for the business, when you're raising capital, I think one of the most important things, you know, people, when you're start, first starting a business, they're investing in you as people. So whoever the people are in your business, whoever your co-founders are, you know, more than even the idea, they're investing in you as people. You know, I've always said that, you know, an A team with a B idea is going to be the B team with the A idea, because, you know, a lot of times it comes down to execution. So it's really about, you know, selling kind of how you're going to tackle problems, how you're going to figure this out and what you're going to do is even more important than the idea itself. Cause that might evolve over time. Um, we only have a few minutes left. I have a thousand more questions to ask you, but I, you know, I'll, I'll end it on this. I, I try not to end these things on a down note. So I'm not, I don't mean this in a question in a down way away, but so Angie, I, you, you, I mean, you've really succeeded. You, the, the business is great. It's a great brand. But come on, you've still got headaches and you've still got problems and you've still got stresses today, even uh, mm-hmm. running a company of this size. What are some of the things that stress you out today about running this company? Like what can, what can we look forward to if we were, if I was able to grow my business mm-hmm. to the size of yours, that I'd be like, uh, I guess just more Xanax and Jack Daniels. <laughs> You know, I, you know, I think it's like, it, it's a lot of times some of the similar kind of questions, similar kind of challenges, but on a larger scale. Right. And I think one of the things that, you know, that, that over the years I've been most proud of in this business is how we've created a business that has supported, you know, so many families, whether it's our direct employees, whether it's the pros on our platform, uh, is really creating an opportunity for growth for them. And, you know, and if you think about that kind of as the business gets bigger, there's more people depending, depending on you. So, you know, those decisions, you know, some, while the decisions might be similar in nature, you know, sometimes the, the, the gravity of them. The impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's much more exactly. serious. So it's really the people that are relying on you and on your decisions. Right. It's, it's funny. Cause I, I, you know, I have a lot of clients that run businesses and more than a few have said to me, you know, I would be a lot less stressed out if I just, you know, shut the whole thing down and sold paper and film products out of my basement. <laughs> you know? Right. right. <laughs> and I, yeah. No. I mean, that was like, that was Bill and my point for many years. It's like, you know, maybe we should have just had Columbus, Ohio, where we started <laughs> in Indianapolis and we could have each had one of them and it would have been turned into a nice little lifestyle business. But, um, <laughs> but we'd be, we don't like golf and we'd be bored. Fair enough. <laughs> Let me end it on this. Are you, um, I'm not going to ask your age, but I will ask, uh, you know, where, where do you think you'll be 10 years from now? I don't know. I mean, my view is like, as long as I am having fun with what I'm working on, 
and and being challenged. I I love this business. I think there's a lot more that we can solve, and I think it's going to change a lot over the coming decade. It's great. Angie, thank you. This is Angie Hicks, the founder of Angie's List. My name is Gene Marks. For more information about what we discussed today and other coronavirus questions you might have and topics, please visit the Paychex COVID-19 Help Center. The address is paychex.com forward slash coronavirus dash resources. Everyone, thanks for listening. Angie, thank you very much. A great conversation. Thanks, Gene. Yeah, I would love to continue this because again, I've got a thousand more questions for you, but you've been very generous with your time. Thanks for everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.